Hello again, this is Charlie O'Shields, back with another episode of Sketching Stuff. What I adore most about sketching and coloring something each and every day is the chance to travel back in time to relive moments of childhood. I often choose to draw things from my past as it's a wonderful way to really take me back to wonderful moments I've almost forgotten. So I've collected a few of those stories in this episode. Also, if you haven't yet, please check out my new Sketching Stuff activity book, a fun set of sketching and coloring activities for people of all ages and skill levels. Also makes a great gift for anyone you know who could use a little art therapy and a bit of play in their life. It's available now on Amazon. Visit sketchingstuff.com for the link. If you have purchased the book, then thank you from the bottom of my heart. That really means the world to me. And I hope you'll join us in our Sketching Stuff Facebook group to share what you make. And above all, I hope that whatever creative project you have going at the moment is making your heart smile. I find myself smiling all of the time as I show up to my own sketchbook each day, once again, drawing memories. Welcome to Sketching Stuff, a collection of stories sketched from life. Sun tea and other great memories. Today the sun is shining brightly and it's incredibly hot here so iced tea is definitely a good choice. The intense heat made me think back to when I was a kid and my mom would make sun tea, which would later be poured over ice. This was a very popular tradition here in the Midwest when I was growing up. Basically you'd toss a few tea bags into a jar with water, seal it up and set it out in the sun to bake for a few hours. Like many things in my childhood these days, the act comes with a long list of warnings. Apparently warming water instead of actually boiling it can create a petri dish for little bacteria to form of all kinds. So many activities that were common in my childhood now carry so many warnings that it seems a wonder I survived being a kid at all. But looking back, I only have the best memories of those times, so I think everything worked out just as it should. Sun tea, like all seasonal traditions, was fun because it only happened at a very particular time of year. It was a signal that summer had officially arrived and school was officially over for a while. And truly, tea made by the sun was just sort of an awesome and magical idea. But alas, these days many warn against it, adding to a list of similar memories. Like snow ice cream during the winter months. We'd scoop up a bowl of snow and then add some eggs, whole milk, and vanilla for a wonderful treat. Beyond the raw eggs, these days this one comes with warnings of whether or not the snow is ever really clean enough to eat. Suggestions include gathering it mid-blizzard to assure the first snowflakes have scrubbed the sky first, or yes, simply avoid doing this entirely. Another black mark crossing out yet another childhood memory. But I wasn't one of the lucky ones who survived all of those old traditions. We all did. And the real magic of growing up for me was doing so freely without being drowned in so much caution. It made me ponder whether or not it's always better to be safe than sorry. How sorry? I think life is more fun with a bit of risk taking, as long as the risks are calculated. It would be so dull if we heeded every warning we hear because there would literally be nothing that we could do. Someone somewhere swears that we should avoid just about anything you can imagine these days. So who should we listen to? Who are the real experts? To me, it's still the same expert I followed my entire life, my instinct. 
This is the wonderful skill I was born with to know how to keep myself alive. If it didn't exist, I couldn't have survived that pre-internet era. No Google search could stop me from doing something back then. I just had to take my best guess. And thanks to instinct, that guess was usually always right. So blissfully, I was able to grow up with a treasure trove of wonderful moments filled with sun tea and other great memories. Miniature Golf Day. Though it's been more than a decade since I played the game, I was thrilled once that September 21st is Miniature Golf Day. I used to love playing this game as a kid, dodging those dastardly windmills, or in the case of the park I visited where I lived, sending a golf ball sailing into the mouth of a dragon, or at least a rusty painted facsimile of a dragon's head. I'm assuming the rest of the dragon was meant to be underground, but the effect was still cool when you were just staring down at it trying to make the last putt. Perhaps it was meant to represent a crocodile, but I'm sticking with dragon. We called it mini golf, and though the game was miniature compared to the expansive green hills of a regular golf course, the contraptions were often larger than life. From rockets to castles, the subject matter would be perfectly random and the only theme that held it all together was fun. Not too terribly different than my blog posts, actually. I was really pretty good at the game, which made it fun as it's not terribly enjoyable to totally suck at something. So I had a blast. In high school, a mini golf course was a popular spot to bring dates, mostly because it was a perfectly cheap date, and in the case of a first date, it gave you something to do, making the whole experience less awkward. Even if one of you wasn't a fan of miniature golf, at least the very act of playing it meant that at that particular moment, you had something in common. The only thing you had to consider was if the other person was lousy. You had to decide if the date was going well enough to let them win. Of course, if by hole four you already knew this was likely going to be the first and last date, then you could happily chuck chivalry altogether and play for the win so the evening wasn't a complete loss. Looking back, I think I tended to struggle through those particular games as the extra stress of the date itself was a bit of a distraction. This is probably why I always jump farther back in time with my stories to the ones that took place before high school. Those days were just a bit less complicated. I went back as an adult to relive those mini golf memories just after I turned 40. It was fun playing like a kid again, but it just wasn't the same. For one thing, I was now over six feet tall and towered over most of the contraptions. The ones back then it seemed larger than life when I was a kid and now looked, well, mini, and just weren't quite as cool as they were back then. The only thing that hadn't changed was the fact that I was still pretty much good at the game. I've never even attempted to play a game of actual golf because I already know my attention span won't last for four hours. But give me just 45 minutes to happily putt a ball around and I'm perfectly happy. Come to think of it, that's pretty much the same for my daily illustrations and stories that I post. It's always been more fun for me to taste experiences rather than devour them whole. But thankfully, doing something daily, even for a little bit, helps me improve over time. So whether it's a rousing game of putt-putt or a bit of time spent with a brush, I'm more than happy to celebrate the lovely idea of Miniature Golf Day.
shoes to fill. If there's one thing certain to produce smiles, it's our art challenge prompt of babies for today. Since I don't paint humans very well, I opted for one of the things I get enamored with most about babies, their little shoes. Mostly because they are often tiny miniature versions of a big kid shoes or even adult shoes and just look extra adorable at that scale. I can't remember anything from when I was an actual baby, but as I became a toddler and grew older, I really wanted to fit into those shoes of the big kids I admired, and equally my father's shoes, which I would try on only to realize they were gigantic and impossible to walk in. There's a phrase of having big shoes to fill, referring to living up to another person's previous triumphs. But when I was little, I just wanted the bigger shoes to actually fit me, to become older and taller and do all of the things I saw the older kids doing. It was always a quest to grow up, and now, after all these years, I find myself doing all I can to stay young. It's funny how times change. Throughout life, I've never found myself wanting to actually be like other people. I just wanted to bits of their life that I found awesome and admired. In the end, of course, I'm just me and that will produce whatever results it eventually does. I now find myself in awe of other artists, only wishing I had their incredible skill. But that's what keeps me coming back for more. Not to be like them, but to be inspired by them and find out what it is I'm supposed to contribute to this world of art. For me, it's just these little illustrations that accompany my rambles that I post here. No idea if the combo counts as art, but it's what I make and enjoy. I've learned as I get older that the best experiences in life come when I just let the experience take me where it wants to go next. Even my young yearnings to be a big kid were always tempered with a healthy dose of curiosity and a sense of discovery for whatever was happening right in the moment. So as I look back at that time when I wore the littlest of shoes, I have to admire that little kid. Rather than looking ahead at others older than myself, I tend to glance back at him as the role model that gets me through life. His unfailing passion for life and intense interest in others and the world around him were were rather enviable. These days, I can get so caught up in the adult stresses of life that I forget to pause and enjoy the point of it all. Life is here for us to enjoy every precious moment and find awesomeness in the littlest of things. At least it's all there if we take a moment to view it properly. If anyone ever wonders why I often wax about the past, this is precisely the reason. I can only hope that as an adult, I'm approaching life in a way that would make that little me proud. But I strive to do so each and every day. After all, I have little shoes to fill. An apple for the teacher. For a prompt of fruit once, I thought back to childhood again and the simple act of bringing an apple to my teacher. This of course is not even allowed in some schools now, but is a tradition that has been around for hundreds of years. Initially for poor students in Denmark and Sweden, it consisted of an entire basket of apples as payment to the teacher for the child's education. Here in the United States, back in frontier times, teachers were housed by families and apples were simply given as a way to feed them. Later, after the Great Depression, the more negative term of apple polisher came into vogue. 
a term referring to getting into the good graces of teachers, but has since become a term used to mean anyone who bribes someone important for personal gain. Yet that's not how I remember it at all. Instead, it was simply a way to show Mrs. Smith your affection without revealing your secret crush. And teachers, after all, are among the most important people on the planet, so they deserve all the kindness one can give. It was quite common for boys to have crushes on their teachers, who were all female in my school at the time. Nothing tawdry or awful, just a little thrill and joy in seeing them each day. At least the nice and helpful teachers. As I recall, Mrs. Smith would never have made my crush list as she was always a bit mean in my mind at the time. But most all of my other teachers fell into the you're so awesome and when I grow up I want to marry someone just like you camp. In truth, these amazing women in my life were the first role models I ever had. They didn't just teach me about art and mathematics, they taught me how to be a better person. Well, little person who might one day grow into a wonderful and kind adult. It's no small feat to mold the course of a little human. We're crazy creatures full of all sorts of potential and a potential for everything to just go incredibly wrong. But yes, there are lots of jobs that pay far better in life, unfortunately. So I feel extra fortunate to know people who really love to teach. It's so incredibly important to have people like that in our world to make sure the rest of us turn out okay in the end. And if I could, although I know not one of them is listening to this right now, I'd like to take a moment to thank all of my teachers from my childhood. You were amazing, and though I don't remember every project we did together or exactly what homework you assigned, I will never forget what you taught me. Sometimes in life we learn facts and figures, but in those other, more special times, we learn about life and how to live it to our best potential. And even today, whenever I feel discouraged, I ask myself what Mrs. Hughes might say to me. Even stern Mrs. Smith would say, get over it already and stop fidgeting. Sage advice, now that I look back on it. Thanks, Mrs. Smith. I think I owe you an apple. The sound of a lawnmower. I once had a prompt of gardens that would most likely bring to mind the idea of flowers and fresh vegetables. Uh, why I ended up with a bug's eye view of a lawnmower is anyone's guess, really. I think I just always tend to associate the two because when I'm outside enjoying a garden this time of year, it's often accompanied by the roaring sound of one of these contraptions, either in the distance or, less fortunately, close by. I once lived in a neighborhood where it seemed people mowed in perfectly timed shifts that kept the sound rumbling from sunup to sundown. When they finally stopped, the sudden silence was almost deafening. And sure, some days I just wanted to be outside and hear nature, not the roar of man's machines, but I grew used to it and there was something rather nice about it. It's always been a signal that the season has well and truly changed and a signature sound that one typically only hears on a bright and sunny day that invites people outdoors. So that, at least, is a wonderful thing indeed. As an adult, I've lived in the city with no lawns to mow, but as a kid, I used to mow the neighbor's lawns for a bit of extra cash. This was not a job I was meant to excel at in any way. 
The goal apparently isn't just to make the grass short, which was my only approach. The wheels of the lawnmower create little lines, and these lines are apparently considered by many to be more aesthetically pleasing when in a roughly uniform pattern. As it turns out, marching around in perfectly uniform patterns simply wasn't my style. I never set out to break the rules, I guess I just wasn't paying attention when they were ever discussed. Or perhaps I was distracted by a squirrel or another lawnmower. After pushing the mower in a roughly direct path once or twice, the boredom set in immediately and I veered off course. The lawns would end up well and truly cut down to size, but the resulting effect created a wildly jagged pattern that could be seen blocks away. My clients were always gracious, so that's just how you respond when you assume this strange little challenged kid is simply trying his hardest. One day I got extra bored and moved about in a circular pattern just to see what might happen. And Mrs. Smith reluctantly paid me for my efforts, but thinking back now to her terse expression, I think maybe she wasn't thrilled to be the only neighbor on the block with a bullseye on her front lawn. As I think back upon it now, I realize that given any type of brush and blank palette, I've always enjoyed letting the lines take me wherever I felt like they wanted to go. And I've learned over the years that precision and exactness is simply not my thing. I just like the general concept of things, the idea of them. I'm far more interested in the feeling of a moment, and though I'm quick to spot the details, I don't worry over them. As I paint each day, I'm still just practicing and trying different things. One day, I'll figure out exactly how I'll choose to art, but in the meantime, I'll just keep showing up and sketch and learn. And I'm most thankful for the memories that each little sketch evokes. When thinking of gardens can lead me to suddenly traveling back in time to enjoy the sound of a lawnmower. I wish I had more time. Each day I start with grand dreams of what I'd like to accomplish, and each day I'm lucky to get even one thing completed. So when met with the prompt of I wish I had, my mind immediately leapt to more time. Thankfully, my little daily sketch and post are one thing that I always manage to make happen. The more I thought about the predicament of not having enough time, the more I realized it was really more a lack of focus. I have trouble staying on any task for any length of time without bouncing onto something else. Each little project manages to creep forward a bit, but certainly not at the rapid pace that would occur if I just picked one thing and focused on it. When a deadline is involved, that's certainly helpful, but I'll still wait until the very last minute to complete things. I'm less like a studious collegiate and more like a little circus monkey who's just eaten too much cotton candy. But oddly, I don't really wish I had more focus because I love the way my mind works as it zooms about, coming up with way too many ideas. It's a crazy and kinetic journey to be sure, but one that I wouldn't have any other way. I've always thought the ability to pause time, like in those science fiction books and movies, would be an awesome power to have. But the only way I currently know how to do it, as ever, is via my little sketchbook. I chose this particular pocket watch because it's exactly like the one I had when I was younger. Though mine may still be in a box somewhere in the garage, I've not found it yet, so it's also something I wish I had. I was happy to be able to conjure it up virtually at least. It's been so much fun to collect memories of my current life and things I missed from what now feels like a previous life. 
part of my bouncing around all the time means that I become one of those jack-of-all-trades and master of none. I'm always so impressed when somebody seems to know exactly what they want to do as they attack it with all of their energy and focus for years and years. They are my heroes, and I look up to them now, just as I did when I was a child. And as I approach 50, I'm still trying to figure out what I want to be when I grow up. Some days I feel like a bit of a failure for not having decided yet, but most days I'm just excited to find out. I have no idea where I'll be in five to ten years or even next year. Maybe I'll manage to publish that next book or maybe something else will happen instead. The goals I set for myself always begin with, I wish I had. Whether it's the ability to sketch and color my own art or the next idea for a work of fiction. Everything I do starts with just a wish, like I've suddenly spotted a shooting star. The things I wish for, however, are never the usual fare that one might choose if they just stumbled onto a genie's lamp. I don't wish for fame or fortune, as those aren't the most interesting things I can imagine. My mind leaps to other things, where something cool gets made that wasn't there a moment before the wish was granted. That's pretty much how I start every day as I race against time. I imagine all of the things I dream I could make happen and then I do what I can to move those dreams forward. The mysterious beauty of life is that it doesn't last forever. What I do in this moment and all of the moments that I'm gifted is the most important thing of all. And though I do hope I'll be able to accomplish some of those things for my wild dreams, I'm equally happy in the pursuit of them. Some talk of legacy that they want to leave behind, but I know that everyone leaves a legacy the moment they touch a single person's heart. For me, I just want to create and make whatever I can during the time I have left on Earth. And years from now, hopefully, when I'm at those last moments of my life, just before I take that final breath, I'll knowingly smile and giggle to myself as I once again think, I wish I had more time. Thanks so much for listening to the Sketching Stuff podcast. I hope you enjoyed it, and new episodes will be added bi-weekly. Visit me at sketchingstuff.com to share your comments and stories. 